Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashraf al-anbiya wa mursaleen nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in min tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddin Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Now, inshallah, we back in the city of Kansas City and we take this book How a Muslim Can Be Safe From Desires <clears throat> this is a lecture that's intended for the youth of all ages and we know that the youth the shabab are up to the age of 40 <clears throat> in Islam this is a question that was asked by Sheikh Muhammad Al-Anjiri of Kuwait to a Sheikh Ahmed Bazmoon And it's something that I translated uh, several years ago uh, and put it online for, for the youth or for the Muslims in general. So Sheikh Muhammad Al-Anjiri, Hafidhullah, he asked a question to a Sheikh Ahmed Bazmoon, Hafidhullah. And the question was, how can a Muslim be safe from those desires that lead astray? <clears throat> Before I begin, I want to mention there are four causes of a person going astray as Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah he mentioned Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah the student of Sheikh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah <coughs> Ibn Ibn Qayyim he died in 751 after the Hijra He said there are four things that lead a person astray there are four things and the first one he mentioned was the desires And it's not in this order, but this is one of the things he mentioned. The second thing he mentioned was the people. And the third thing he mentioned that leads astray is the dunya, the worldly life. <clears throat> And the fourth thing he mentioned was the shaitan, the shaitan. As for the desires, he said that you defeat it by treating it harshly. By treating it harshly, meaning treating yourself in a manner that will put the desires in check, in check such as like fasting and things of this nature. <clears throat> as for the people, he said you defeat that by staying away from them. And those people who will lead you astray. As for the dunya, he said that you uh, cure that by being indifferent from it, meaning not seeking it, not seeking the dunya. Like the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said in authority of Ibn Umar, in the 40 hadith of Ibn Nawi, we said, Kun Be in this world like a stranger or a wayfarer, a traveler. <clears throat> And as for the fourth one, the shaitan, he said that you... Uh, You defeat that by seeking refuge in Allah. So these are four things that I remember that Ibn, Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, he mentioned in relation to those things that lead you astray. Because we're talking about how a person can be safe from those desires that lead astray. <clears throat> so I just wanted to mention these four things as a side note that also lead a person astray. So, we're going to say, he said, <clears throat> Bismillah. 
الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا. سنسي أما بعد. سيسأل في الجواب عن هذا السؤال and the response from this question. He said, safety is with the following affairs. Safety is with the following affairs. An amarul awwal. And the first affair he mentions is that the person sticks to the minhaj of a salaf al-salih. They stick to the minhaj of the pious predecessors. May Allah be pleased with them. Urfwan Allah alayhim. So Sheikh Ahmed Bazmul, in response to Sheikh Muhammad Al-Anjali's question, how can a Muslim be safe from the desires that lead astray? He said, firstly, that he sticks to the minhaj of the pious predecessors. May Allah be pleased with them. So the first affair is in sticking to the minhaj of the pious predecessors. As Allah informs us in the Quran, in Surah Al-Baqarah, we said, if they believe like you believe, then they are guided. So meaning that if you follow the way of the pious predecessors, then you're guided. If they believe like you believe, meaning that those who come after the pious predecessors, if we believe like they believe, then we're guided. <clears throat> so this is one of the ways of helping us to stay away from the desires. First, to stick to the minhaj of the pious predecessors. He says, Al-Amrathani, <clears throat> the second affair, is that he abandons the desires and temptations of the shaitan. The person abandons the desires and temptations of the shaitan. And to further clarify that, those things such as that builds desires in the person, such as prolonged use of the internet, and of course, more specifically, those things that are uh, irrelevant to our growth and development. Those things that, that are useless and futile. Those things that have no benefit in, in, in them whatsoever. Because these things are nothing but uh, the tools of the shaitan that builds desires and temptations. <clears throat> Such as looking at women. Women that uh, are not permissible for us. So these things build desires in us. So, these desires and temptations of the shaitan comes in many different forms. In many different forms. So this is the second thing. The person should abandon the desires and temptations of the shaitan. <clears throat> As for the third one, he said that the person avoids bid'ah. They avoid bid'ah. And newly invented matters in the deen. They avoid bid'ah. <clears throat> and we know that the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he advised to beware of bid'ah as in the khutbah tahaja where it says where it tells us to that it says bid'atin dolala where it says every bid'ah is a going astray <clears throat> every bid'ah is a going astray so the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam told us avoid bid'ah to avoid bid'ah and many other narrations and ayat from the Quran that substantiate this particular statement of the shaykh <clears throat> The fourth thing he mentions in relation to avoiding desires, he says, and that the person, they stick to the scholars. They stick to Ahlul Ilm. They stick to the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah. 
and make them, meaning the scholars, a point of reference for themselves or for himself. Marji'an lahu. They make the scholars a point of return or a point of reference for himself. Now, we have to take this in consideration and in moderation because what happens in our day and time, the people, they, they have what you call a taqlid al-amma, a blind following for shakhsiyah, for personalities. And what happens as you find today, you'll find people only making two or three scholars their focal point, where the scholars of Ahl al-Sunnati wa al-Jama'ah, are plentiful, are many. You have many like in Medina and in Mecca and in Jeddah, Riyadh and in Yemen and other places in the Muslim world who are Salafi. But you'll find some people, they make a reference point only two or three scholars. And you'll find them making the scholars ma'asum, meaning they make the scholars uh, free of any blemish or free of any mistakes. And there's no one who is like this except the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why Imam Malik used to say every, uh, every time he finished his dars, his sitting in Medina, he would point to the grave of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and say that everyone's statements can be accepted or rejected, except the companion of this grave, meaning the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because he was ma'asum. And when we say ma'asum, we mean that he was totally free of any errors in the deen and that ma'asum altogether. Because in the worldly affairs, he made mistakes, such as we see where Allah may correct him in the Qur'an on affairs. And we see when the man was trying to uh, amalgamate uh, uh, or make, uh, bring about a type of, uh, of, of plant or something of some sort. Uh, and the Messenger ﷺ told him to do it this way. And if you do it that way, it would be successful. And when the man came back after trying it, he told the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he failed in his attempt. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned uh, that in the worldly affairs, he would err. But in the, the deen, he's free of any error. Or as, or as he said, paraphrasing the hadith. So we see that sticking to the scholars of Ahl-Sunnah and making them a reference point is also a means of the person uh, not allowing their desires to lead them astray because many times a person would follow the desires and issues of deen and don't have a reference point and those, and those uh, following those desires and issues of deen will lead that person astray lead them on a path of destruction and we know Allah says in the Quran, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ So ask the people of the remembrance, if you don't know. And the scholars said, meaning the people of knowledge. The people of knowledge. So, let's make sure the scholars are the reference point. But not to the point where we blindly follow them, even if we know that they made a fatwa that is incorrect. Because for them, if they made a fatwa that is correct, they get a reward. I mean, two rewards. And if they made a mistake, they get only one reward. But we don't get any for following that error. So we make sure that it is that in which is correct. And we don't have a, a, uh, a, a an absolute blind following. Because that only, that absolute obedience belongs to Allah and His Messenger. Because Allah said in the Quran, in the fourth surah, the 59th ayah, we says, <clears throat> Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Believe, obey Allah and His Messenger. <clears throat> and 
And then Allah puts a wow here. And those in authority amongst you. First Allah says, obey Allah and obey His Messenger. It's unconditional. Because both speak only from knowledge. Allah, He's the source of knowledge. He only speaks with knowledge. And the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa speaks with wahyin, with revelation. So He won't make any error. So Allah made here their obedience unconditional. The obedience of Allah and His Messenger, the fourth surah, the 59th ayah. He said, Obey Allah and obey His Messenger. Then He says, Wa uli amar minkum, and those in authority, excuse me, and those in authority among you. So now Allah says here, and those in authority among you. He didn't say obey them, He didn't say, and those in authority among you. Meaning that if they obey Allah and His Messenger, then you obey them. So, and of course, here, those in authority among you, as Ibn Abbas explained the ayah, he said it means the scholars. So the fifth cause or the fifth uh, reason or, or means of a person not going astray, he said that he accompanies the followers of the pious predecessors and not be a loner, not be by himself. For indeed the wolf eats from the sheep that are secluded. So the person should also accompany People who have good deen, good akhlaq. It's very important that the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned in a narration that's found in Riyadh al-Salihin and other than that, where he said that, الرَّجْلُ عَلَى دِينِ خِلِلٍ فَيَنْذُرْ أَحَدُكُمْ يَخَالِيَنِ That a man is upon the deen of his friend. So let him look who he takes as his friend. الرَّجْلُ عَلَى دِينِ خِلِلٍ فَيَنْذُرْ أَحَدُكُمْ يَخَالِيَنِ so he said that a man is upon the deen of his friend, let him look who he take as his friend. <clears throat> the man is upon the deen of his friend, so let him look who he take as his friend. So it's important to accompany people who are pious, who are upon the, 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 the deen of the pious predecessors, upon the Salaf al-Saleh. And he said the sixth affair is that he is far from Ahlul Bid'ah. He is far from Ahlul Bid'i. And their sittings, majalasatahum. وَعِنْ الْإِسْتِمَعِ إِلَيْهِمْ He said that he is far from Ahlul Bid'ah and their sittings and from listening to them. <clears throat> we don't listen to them. As uh, the Salaf, they used to say when the people of innovation came to them to try to debate with them, they would say, can I recite Qur'an to you? They would say not even one ayah. Not even one ayah. So they would not listen to anything from Ahlul Bid'ah. As Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah, who died in 241 after the Hijra said, he said he feared that something he may say may enter into his heart. And it's the Imam of Ahlul Sunnah. So we don't, we don't, um, we stay far away from Ahlul Bid'ah, Ahlul Bid'ah, and their sittings, <clears throat> and from listening to them. He said from that which is crucial is that he avoids Ahlul Bid'ah. Or people of desires. He avoids them, or Ahlul Ahwa, the people of desires. Those in which outwardly manifest the Sunnah. Those who are in contradiction, who differ from the truth. And they are uh, in obstinate rebellion to it, to the haq. He said, indeed, these ones are immensely harmful in these times because they deceive many of the youth of the followers of 
the Salaf, sadly to say. Many of the youth are deceived by the likes of these. So these people of Ahlul Bid'ah who conduct these study circles, and they may have some ilm with them from one aspect. They may, may have graduated from universities. Or they may have sat with Sheikh Salih Fawzan. They may have sat with Sheikh Rabir. They may have sat with, sat, sat with Sheikh, Sheikh, uh, 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 Sheikh Abdul Muhsin. They may have sat with Sheikh Bukhari. They may have sat with Sheikh Salih Suhaimi. They may have sat with Sheikh Ubaid uh, al-Jabri. So now, these people, because they've sat with these mashaykh, and they may even have taskir from them. They may even have some good words that these mashaykh may have given them. But they may be upon something other than these mashaykh, in which these mashaykh may or may not know. Some they know about. They may have sat with them. They may have said, well, he's no longer upon what, 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 he taught, what, he, what I taught him in my lessons. So stay away from him. And there may be some who sat with them, and they, they may have left the shaykh upon what he was upon. But then the shaykh don't know that they, be, they may be upon something other than who he's upon. So therefore, they deceive many of the people because of it. So, he said, beware. And in our time, sadly enough to say, that these people, they, they, they lead many of the youth astray. Many of the youth are deceived by the likes of these people. And also from the affair specific upon the safety, from this affair, it is number seven. That what is transmitted from the Messenger of Allah, the Prophet that he asked Allah firmness upon the haq. That he asked Allah firmness upon the haq. Like the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to say, Ya muqallib al-qaloob thabit qawbi ala deenik. O turn of the hearts, please place my heart firm upon your deen. As in one narration, uh, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, Mentioned that he said no no dua more than this particular dua. And there's other narrations that he would say other duas also, like the dua he used to say every morning after Salatul Fajr, as Umm Salama, may Allah be pleased with her, said that he used to say every morning after Salatul Fajr, he used to say, Allahumma inni as'aluka ilma nafi'a, rizq, tayyiba, wa amal mutakabila. O Allah, I ask you for beneficial knowledge, actions that are accepted, and uh, uh, risk that sustenance that is good, but but also as Aisha says to say, So the Sheikh said the seventh matter is that was transmitted from the Prophet sallallahu that he asked Allah's firmness upon the haq, that he asked Allah's firmness upon the haq, the haq. So this is important for us to also do. We we should make the du'a, learn the du'a. And make the dua constantly. And the eighth affair and the last affair that the Shaykh mentions, <clears throat> he said, of which the scholars have laid down that the haq is dependent upon men. The haq is not dependent upon men. He said, rather the haq is known. It is known. He said, the haq, he said, it is known. وَإِنَّمَا يَعْرَفُ الْحَقِّ It is known. He said, therefore follow it. فَيَتَبِعُهُ So follow it. And his people. As Allah the Mighty and the Lofty has said. When it is said to them, follow what Allah has sent down. They say, never. We shall follow what we found our fathers following. And this is the statements of the Mishraqeen pagans. So likewise, the people of the Haqq, they follow it and follow his people. 
But the people of opposition and the people of bid'ah and the people of desires and the people of misguidance and those who are dull mudil who are astray leading others astray, even they may even though they may be under the cloak of Salafiyyah, pretending they upon the methodologies of the Salaf, when you tell them to follow the haq, you find them following what they are upon of desires. Or they may say, Well, we're gonna follow this or that, what Shaykh such and such said, although the Shaykh he may be uh, free of what they are upon because he may have made an error based on what he thought was the haq, because he may not have had all the evidence with him, but he still gets the reward. So they will follow it blindly and they be obstinate upon it and not looking into it. And when you present the haq to them, you say, Well, no, the truth is here because this is the Messenger of Allah sallallahu has said. And maybe may have missed the shaykh, but the shaykh still rewarded for that. They would say no, because the shaykh said this. So they put his statements over the statement of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Whereas though the shaykh himself was to see it, he would do as Imam Shafi'i, rahimahullah, said, if you find a statement in the Sunnah that contradicts what I say, throw my statement against the wall. Because Imam Shafi'i, Imam Shafi'i, rahimahullah, may have made a statement, and he has made statements that contradicted what the Messenger said, but it's because he didn't know. Not because he knew he was in opposition to it, but no, because he didn't have the narration, so therefore he had to rule with, with the qiyas, he had to make ishtihad, he had to make analytical deduction, but he knew that lady may find a hadith that contradicts what he said, so leave what he said. But no, you find the people today clinging heavily to what the shaykh may have said, even though when the haq comes to them. So he said, of which the scholars have laid down, the haq is dependent upon men, it's not dependent upon men, I'm sorry, rather the haq is known, therefore follow it. And his people, as Allah the Mighty and Lofty has said, when it said to them, "Follow what Allah has sent down," they say, "Never we shall follow that what we found our fathers following, even though their fathers did not understand anything, nor will they got it." So it's a Baqarah 170th ayah. So therefore, Allah the Mighty and Lofty ordered them with following the Haq. Therefore, they made the Haq dependent upon men, and therefore went astray. And Allah knows best. And you find that nowadays in time, people base things. Based upon shaksiya, personality worship, upon this du'at, this caller, this da'i, that da'i from the du'at, you know, or this talib from the tulab, this student from the students, wakadalik. So with that, we say, Subhanakallahu Mimdik, Ashadun la ilaha ila ain't, Astaghfiru Kutubilik, Akulu Kauli Hada, Astaghfirullah di walakum. When I saw the people that anything I said that was correct from Allah from Allah alone, anything I said from mistakes from myself and the shaitan, and please forgive me for any slip of the tongue, any error, knowingly, unknowingly, uh, please forgive me of any uh, stuttering of that which is beyond my control. And we hope that Allah has uh, made it a benefit for you, as it has been a benefit and a reminder for me. So with that we conclude, and inshallah ta'ala. We will uh, continue tomorrow for the youth uh, at the same time, inshallah, with something else to benefit the youth by. And Allah Ta'ala, A'alam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.